Well, thank you so much for joining us for Connecting the Diocese on the first show that takes place inside Lent. I was trying to decide whether to use some of our regular, ordinary music that we use or something a bit more somber, but I think what we have is good. It's comfortable enough that we're not uh, we're not playing pop music and we're not being so somber, but relaxed, which is a good thing. Good time to relax and think about what Lent is all about. And we'll be talking more about that and the real presence and what that is all about and the events coming up. Some big deals happening in the Diocese of La Crosse. And you'll be hearing from a brand new voice that is integral into the process of what's going on these next several months. And every single day, the diocese is open for business. So that's coming up right after this on Connecting the Diocese. Oh yeah, my name's Jack Sosha. I'm the host of the show. I'm happy to meet you. Now, I know this is not a uh, consumer advocacy show, but I do get these weekly reports from the Federal Trade Commission about different ways that people out there are trying to take money from you without you realizing you're being ripped off. And I mention these things because there are so many good institutions who need financial support. Let me tell you some things that I thought were absolutely widely eye-opening for me. In 2023, Americans lost 10 billion dollars to scams, to frauds. That's a billion dollars more than the year earlier. And I really don't know about you, but I don't have that kind of money just to lose. I mean, even a hundred dollars, it would be a real heartbreaker for me to know that somebody who was lying to me got my money. What are the big scams? What are the top ones? They're really interesting. So-called imposter scams. Imposter scams remain the number one fraud category with reported losses of $2.7 billion. Now, these scams include people pretending to be your bank's fraud department, or maybe the government, or sometimes a relative in distress who needs money to get out of jail, or maybe a well-known business, or even a technical support expert. And of course, not following too close behind, investment scams. And we all know how those things work. You're going to make big money. Just give us some of yours and we'll make a lot of money for you. Social media scams are right up there as well. Interestingly, of the people who reported being scammed, Younger people, 20 to 29, reported being scammed more often than those 70 years old or older. So in short, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. And if somebody calls you from anywhere asking you for personal information, they're not official. Just hang up. Just think of what that $10 billion could have done last year if it had gone to legitimate organizations like Catholic Charities and other religious groups. It could have changed lives as opposed to just filling greedy pockets. Well, I'd like to welcome back to the show. I should say welcome to the show because it's a brand new voice, but a person that everybody in this building knows right up to and including our bishop. Debbie Brennan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me today. It's an exciting time for the diocese. There's a lot going on, and so I'm happy to be here to share all the information. And you are the person to talk to because you have an official title. Is it executive assistant to the bishop? Correct. I'm yeah. the executive assistant to the bishop, for, um, to Bishop Callahan. And how long have you been doing that now? Um, a little over 10 years now. I tell so you, I've been here a long time. Amazing. <laughs> Among her many, many, many 
balls that she keeps up in the air. One of them is letting me know when the bishop is available to, to be recorded because it isn't like every week like clockwork. You know, he's a really busy guy and he keeps you busy too. He certainly does. Yeah, I was just talking with him after a previous recording and, you know, you are really the gatekeeper to the bishop. If, if you are going to want to reach the bishop for any reason, you go through Debbie. That's correct. Yeah, uh, we, there's a process in place. And of course, we sort of need to have that process because Bishop gets so many requests for so many different things, meetings, events, masses, liturgical things. And so there is a process where when they contact our office, they do have to contact me. Then I go through the information with the bishop, and we decide whether he's available, right. who needs to be involved, all those sort of things. Yeah, you've got this massive calendar that shows what he's doing, when, and where. People make fun of me because I have three computer monitors. <laughs> yeah. and, and you need them all. You need them all. And things change. I mean, there are times when we're scheduled, and you'll call me up, and you'll say, Jack, I'm sorry, but this, that, or the other came up, and the bishop is needed. And that's all there is to it. I mean, he is the bishop. <laughs> well, I always say every day is an adventure because yeah, sure you really is. know for no know for sure what's going to happen that day. Yeah, yeah. You think you have everything all planned out, but lots of days God has different plans for us. That's right. It's just um, like me just driving across town. I haven't really been driving back and forth in lacrosse for a while now since I've been working remotely. And I had to go to the north side and I had about an hour and a half to get something done. And I barely made it back because the traffic has picked up so much. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, and I think the weather helps with that because we've been really blessed this winter. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the skiers don't think so. Or your snowmobile dealership. But yeah, you have got a lot of going on. Now, just as a quick overview, we are talking about this thing. We're going to talk about it quite a bit. Not, not every week, but quite a bit between now and June. This is a, a Eucharistic revival. It is a national thing. But it touches our diocese as we are working in cooperation with many others. Uh, can you briefly tell me what this is all about and what your part in it is? Sure. So there, it's called the National Eucharistic Revival. It's been a three-year process building up to this. And this year is the year of the parishes. And for the part of the national process, they have four procession routes so there's four different routes coming across the United States. The Midwest route is called the Marion route. And they're starting the routes in May of 2024. And they will all come together on July 16th in Indianapolis, which will kick off the National Eucharistic Congress. And the National Eucharistic Congress, it's the first time, I believe it's 83 years since they've had a National Eucharistic Congress. And so they're expecting about 80,000 people in Indianapolis for that event. And so we have multiple things going on. We are not only part of the Eucharistic pilgrimage, but we also have uh, a group of pilgrims traveling from the Diocese of La Crosse to Indianapolis to participate in the Congress also. The uh, Congress was last held before World War II. It was canceled because of World War II. And we were talking with the bishop last week, and in very general terms, uh, we're talking about this during Lent and how things are kind of fitting together. We're, we're noticing that there were things in the paper and the, you know, various uh, uh, questions have been asked of groups, surveys taken, things like that. People were saying that uh, 28, according to this one survey, 
28% of the population doesn't believe in God. Another group would be the so-called nuns, N-O-N-E-S, who say, well, I, I kind of believe you know, in God, kind of, <laughs> kind of, but I, I don't really get into you know, organized religion. And there's another group of people who are not only Catholic, but various Christians, who really haven't paid much attention to the whole concept of the Last Supper, the Eucharist, all these things. So all this is fitting together because we're hoping to educate people and uh, perhaps open up a couple of people's eyes and get them interested in all this stuff that's going on. Because, like we were kidding with the bishop last week, we were saying these people say, uh, well, you know, I, I, I don't believe, trust or believe science. And also, uh, I don't really trust or believe history. And I don't really trust or believe religion. And I asked, what do you trust and believe in? <laughs> And well, and there's another piece to this, you know, the whole pandemic and what that has done to people. There was just a recent survey of the young adults, and they're saying like 55 or 56 percent of those, the, the depth of depression from loneliness that they're experiencing. And part of that comes from the loss of the connection to their faith community. And so the Eucharistic pilgrimage that's coming to La Crosse, it, we are going to have it for six days. The pilgrimage is going to be in the diocese. And we have planned many, many opportunities. And the great thing about this is that the opportunities are for all levels. So we're having a Eucharistic rally at the Civic Center, at the La Crosse Center, on that Friday. That is an opportunity, you know, invite somebody to come along. You don't have to even be Catholic to attend this. There are going to be national speakers there. Some of these speakers are speakers that are actually speaking at the National Congress in Indianapolis. And it's a great opportunity to come and hear some inspirational speakers have some hope. And so there, in the days that we have it, every day has some different events, and they're at all different levels. So if you're not a Catholic, have you been, haven't been to church for a while, maybe you don't know if you believe, or you're a Catholic and you're leading the rosary in the prayer groups, there is something in those days that fits for every single person. And our hope is that every single person looks at it and takes the opportunity. You know, my dad just passed away in early December, and part of, of that whole process was kind of interesting as a daughter to step back and look. My dad was very connected to his church, but he wasn't the guy out there leading the prayer service or the rosary. He was the guy that was always there in service, always there to listen, always there to help somebody. And when we looked at the amount of people that came through the line at, at his wake service, and how many people said, your dad was such a man of faith, you know, your dad was just wonderful what he would do for other people. And you stop and you think, it's because my dad took the opportunity to care about other people the way Jesus would want him to. And so I look at this whole Eucharistic pilgrimage and I get really excited about the opportunities we have because here's our opportunity. Could be the smallest thing just to say to somebody, hey. Do you want to go over to the prayer service tonight? Do you want to go to the Civic Center and listen to a speaker? It's a pretty simple invitation, and everyone is welcome. We were talking last week about, you know, again, you were saying these kids are lonely. 
And so are some adults out there. And I, we were talking about uh, uh, things you can do for Lent, for example, that you don't necessarily, although traditionally you give up something, you can add on something. And, and we were talking about just, why don't you just add on that you're going to say hi to people, maybe talk to somebody who you haven't talked to before, and you may discover something amazing about them. And you know, this is just a, what we used to consider normal, but in our world of being isolated and all this, it gets to be pretty strange. There's practically no better way, for example, to meet people during, during Lent than going to one of the, the, the soup suppers. Correct. Because, and it's the simple opportunities yeah. that often we don't even stop to think about right. how simple it is. And we can include somebody. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing when you really stop to look at. But we get so busy in our lives and, you know, oh, I, do I want to take time to do that? Well, this is really a time for us to look at what the, the diocese is doing. I mean, it's, this is history for us. We are n not in the past have ever done anything to this level. We're anticipating the Civic Center to have about 3,000 people that day. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And again, you said there's numerous smaller events going on. So if you've got kids or your neighbors or whatever, uh, you can say, we've got something historic going on. You might want to come. And it's all over the diocese. So yeah. the, the route will be coming into the diocese on Friday, June 7th from the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. It actually starts up with Bishop Cousins in the Diocese of Crookston, um, Itasca, Minnesota. And then it's gonna come down, go through the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, come to La Crosse, goes over to Green Bay, Milwaukee, Chicago. And it's a thousand miles that mm -hmm. the pilgrims will walk this route. But like you said, it's spread out over the diocese, so if you can't make it to La Crosse, maybe you can make it to Sparta, Wisconsin Rapids, Marshfield, Wausau. You know, we've got multiple different locations so that it's close by, so if somebody doesn't have the ability to come to the bigger event in La Crosse, they can attend one of the events in one of the other days across the diocese. Yeah, one of the previous shows, we were listing some of these places, and it, it sounded like my radio career. <laughs> you know? I, I, I know these places. You know, I've either worked in them or worked near them or lived in them or my wife's family were there. I mean, it, it's really, you will be very surprised that there will be something near you to, to check out. It's kind of, a, kind of a neat thing. Now, we strategically picked the locations uh, because uh, part of the goal, each diocese got to select what they wanted to do with the pilgrimage as long as they got it from point A to point B in the time frame of what they were allowed. But we strategically picked the locations that we picked and the events that we picked so we could highlight the people that are heroes in our lives, in our Catholic lives, Father Walieski, Blessed Brother James Miller, Sister Thea Bowman, <laughs> that's right. And then we also looked at what organizations, our Hispanic ministries, our Hmong ministries, our rural life, just youth. We looked at all the different things that we have going on in our diocese and how can we get them involved or have a special um, prayer that, you know, we're praying to, to like I said, Father Walieski, Sister Thea Moman, Blessed Brother James Miller for our intercession, for our guidance, healing, hope. And so we tried strategically to pick locations that there's something special about each of the stops. And uh, you're talking about all these different groups. A couple of weeks back, I was uh, using our, the miracle of our computer connections. I was talking to the folks in Peru, and we were talking about how much milk they get 
courtesy of the, the rural life ministries. We're not talking about two, three bags. Train loads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's just amazing that this goes on. Again, there's a whole bunch of people out there, whether you're Catholic or not, or involved with the Catholic Church or not, that you probably have not really heard about, unless you've been listening to this show for 10 years, in which case you're, you're caught up to speed on a lot of it, but a lot of it, even that we haven't touched yet. But you'll be astounded, absolutely astounded. And these, these can be people sitting next to you having a cup of coffee, and uh, you'll suddenly, they get up to speak about something, and you're going to sit back going, whoa. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about the speakers that we're having at the Eucharistic Rally at the Lacrosse Center. It's just going to be an amazing day. You've got Chris Stefanik, who, of course, is one of our own. Chris used to be the director of youth and young adult ministry for the diocese and has gone on to be um, nationally known. He does a lot of good work with, still with a lot of the youth, but just overall an engaging defender of our Catholic faith. We've got Josh Rosa from out by the New York area. He works in the Bronx with a lot of our youth. He's coming in, and, and both Josh and Chris are also speaking at the National Congress in July. So if you can't go to the National Congress, you can hear them here locally in La Crosse. And then, of course, we have Immaculee coming in, and her story is just absolutely inspirational. I mean, I'm sure you've talked about her presence at the Congress coming up and, you know, what she went through in her 91 days locked in that tiny little bathroom and turning to prayer. I mean, what an, an inspiring story for anyone to hear. We still have, you know, Father Justin Kazuski is going to speak. He's one of the um, national uh, pastors, and so he's got a special connection with this whole national revival. It's just, we've got some fantastic music for the day. It's just a really exciting event. I have to tell you a mildly funny, stupid Jack story. Uh, regarding Immaculate. I, I ran into her quite accidentally when she was coming through lacrosse several years ago. And I was doing the show, you know, and I had a brand new uh, recorder. And I, I asked if I could talk to her for a few minutes. So we had a very nice conversation. And I, when she left, I checked, I'd left the pause button on, on the recorder. <laughs> so oh, we, no. We, so we, it was a brand new, that, the, the, the moral of the story was check your equipment. Um, I've got a story similar. When our yeah. daughter was born, we adopted our oldest daughter, and you know we were just over the moon when we got the phone call that we got a brand new baby girl and went to the hospital. We took just a million pictures, and then they said, well, we're going to move you over to this room now to get you ready to go, and we discovered there was no film in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have the memories. We still were able to take a few, but you know, you look back and you think, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel do so bad. Now. Yeah. But speaking of, of photos and memories, this is also an opportunity. This is just me talking now. This is nothing official. Um, those of you who've got your, your, your cool digital camera, you know, or your not so cool digital camera, in your area, take a bunch of pictures. And, uh, you know, especially if they're digital, it's not going to cost you anything. And if you get something spectacular, you might want to contact Catholic Life magazine and say, is this anything that you're interested in? Now, it would help if there's people who are not just in a crowd, but you jot down their names, because you've got to, we've got to name people if they're going to be in the magazine. And again, they're going to have their own photographers assigned, 
But you never can tell. You might be on the corner of the street and something really cool happens. That's correct. Yeah, you just never know so it's, it's what good, picture is going to capture just a special moment. And yeah, and so just, just I'm not suggesting that the uh, Catholic life is going to take every every picture that you have, but it's a good chance for you to exercise your photo skills, and if nothing else, you'll have some neat pictures to show members of your family. That's uh, correct. Yeah, and I guess the thing is we're... <laughs> It hasn't settled in on me yet how big an adventure this thing is so far. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, I'm talking to, to Eric Archer, our communications guy, and he's saying the whole staff is involved in this some way or another. And then he says, Debbie Brennan. And I'm going, what? <laughs> I can see you juggling all the balls in the schedules, right? But how did you get involved in this? Well, when this whole process started, they contacted the diocese and they needed a point person to help plan the whole pilgrimage. And of course, at that time, we looked at the staff and we talked about it and who's going to do this and how are we going to coordinate it all. And then it came down to the end and Bishop looked at me. Hmm. I had coordinated the Padre Pio relics when they visited La Crosse um, a few years back. And Bishop said, you know... You do such a great job organizing. I would love to see you take this on. And so, here of course, are. here I am. Yeah. <laughs> You've been doing this for roughly 10 years. What did you do before all this that got you this great experience? <laughs> I've got kind of an interesting history. So I spent about, I, this is going to tell a whole day I'm Jack. I don't know if I should do this. <laughs> uh, Debbie's very young. Very very, uh, her feet can't even reach the floor from the chair she's on. <laughs> so I spent many years actually as a dental assistant when I was um, getting done with high school. I had I thought I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, and my mother said, "No, you don't want to be a kindergarten teacher. You're going to be a dental assistant." And so okay, so I worked for an orthodontist for many years. I think probably about 12, 14 years, and then we moved to Lacrosse, and I worked multiple different jobs to so I could be home with my kids when they were younger. And at one point, my husband said, well, you know, you could probably start working part-time now. So I started working for a tax company. So I worked for McGladry. I worked for Whipfley. And I don't know why, but at some point in my life, well, my husband was the finance director for the shrine. So we were have always been involved with church in some way. And mm -hmm. now he's the um, chief finance officer and chief administrative officer for the diocese of Winona Rochester. So we both work for different dioceses. But at one point I said to myself, you know, if the bishop's secretary ever retired, that's probably the only job that I really would consider. And I have no idea at the time why I thought that. Well, Sue Velasic, who had been here for 26 years, was going to retire and uh, I got a phone call saying, you know, I heard the bishop's secretary is going to retire and you would be perfect for that job. And I thought, oh, do I do this? Because I was perfectly happy where I was at. And so I applied and they called and said the bishop would like to see if you would be his assistant. And 10 years later, here, you are, here yeah. I am. And we've, we've made a good team. <laughs> you do. Well, you, you've been a, a, a very good person for 10 years. The interesting thing about the staff at the diocese in general, and I was just literally talking to the bishop about this at a previous recording session when we were done, uh, highly qualified and work together well. 
And uh, now that we have a, a communications director, um, because the Catholic Life magazine has taken on literally a life of its own, and uh, Jack Felsheim, that's practically, a, well, it is a full-time job. It's, it's a major publication. But not only do they work together, but we're in a situation, it's, it's kind of like a hospital in the sense that, you know, you have the HIPAA regulations where you don't divulge information, uh, you don't shoot off your mouth about this or that or the other. Uh, there's a certain amount of, of really good discretion. And people say what needs to be said, and otherwise, they mind their own business, which is necessary because you're dealing with all kinds of situations, delicate things. You need to know more than most people do because when someone comes to you and say, I want to talk to the bishop about this, you are probably aware that it will be the fifth time someone has wanted to talk to the bishop about this and he's already heard it. Uh, or it's something going on where at this point the bishop has not really had a chance to to sift through this thing, and he doesn't really have anything to say. And so we're not going to schedule you. And if Jack says, you go, no. <laughs> but it, it, it's interesting because uh, it works. Uh, there is a certain amount of discretion in everything. I mean, the, the, the uh, youth, young adult ministry, uh, and dealing with young married couples and stuff, you don't talk about, you know, they're having marital problems or they're having trouble adjusting their budget or their kid wants to go to this college but they can't afford it, they want them to go to the city college. You don't, this is not chatter, this is not, there's no, uh, there's no water cooler chatter like that. That's exactly right, and yeah. especially coming out of the bishop's office. Oh my goodness. There's so many things that come through the bishop's office and people would be absolutely amazed at what is even involved in a single day <laughs> and you know and it's everything from simple questions to pretty complicated canon law questions you know people that are in distress people that don't know what to do or, or questions about what they can and can't eat for lent Exactly. I think that the famous one from several years ago, and I thought it was Chris Carson's who got this one, but maybe it was even before him. Someone asked if you can count frog's legs as fish. <laughs> well, that's good. I hadn't gotten that question, but... <laughs> uh, and, and I think the answer was no. Um, number one, that's because they're it's not a, a fish. <laughs> um, and number two, there's a more of a penitential thing, and for, for those who eat frog's legs, it's a delicacy. So it's kind of like me saying, you know, can I have a, a nice diet of really good avocados that cost a lot of money? You know, no. <laughs> well, and even coming with the job, I mean, I've often said my job is really to make the bishop's life easier. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a protector of sorts. And so, you know, there are times where there's issues going on that people are just hoping that they can get his ear and, you know, I've been at events where somebody's got him cornered and you kind of have to go over and say, I'm sorry, but he needs to, you know, take care of this over here. And so you really have to be aware of everything that's going on and kind of know how to protect him at times. Yeah. Well, even with me doing the show, I have a particular amount of time that he's allowed. But I can, there are times when I know he really has to get going on to something else. And so we don't chat Right. Much. Yeah. It's just common courtesy. But he's just, you know, he's a wonderful guy and loves his people, is just so devoted to the seminarians, the school children. He had to cancel one of the school masses last week, and he felt so bad, and the school kids felt so bad. You know, during 
the pandemic, when he got COVID, he got boxes of cards from the kids at the schools, and they were just adorable cards. And he loved every one of them. So yeah. it's fun to see those moments, too. Sure. And he loves his priest. He does. He yeah. really does. He's so pleased whenever we have a priest on, or I say that this priest was on, and boy, they did a bang-up job. Uh, you know, he just really does. Well, it's getting a little bit more difficult with his health, and you can see, you know, where he feels bad at times, but it's just can only do so much. Yeah, and he was... And people don't understand the intensity of a bishop's schedule. It's, it's, they're on 24 seven. <laughs> kind of like almost presidential. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I forget what it was. What do you, as he called you something, what was it now? Oh, you mean my former boss called me. He would call me my, his girl Friday. That was the, the girl Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 This is my girl Friday and because I, she'll take care of everything I need to have taken yeah. care of. And, and you'll have to go back a few years to look at really old movies because there was a character. Right. Grand a lot of people called, don't know what a girl Friday that's is. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is another thing that is interesting that um, a bishop ha is got to be aware of. Not only does our language change, but what people are are interested in at this moment. You know, there's all these things. There was this uh, uh, school, and I, I cannot remember their name, but every year they came out with a, a list of things that the teachers should be aware of that their students have never heard of. Um, it was like that joke about, you know, if we all end up getting those display crystal, liquid crystal watches, no one will know what counterclockwise means. Sure, yeah. Uh, and they were saying things, and this is a few years ago, your students have never cranked down a window in a car. Exactly. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was thinking of that as you talked. Yeah. <laughs> they, they think that, uh, that shampoo and conditioner have always come in the same bottle. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really interesting. And they think that there have always been unlimited refills on soft drinks. But, and so if you're teaching and you're using some kind of allegory or whatever the word is that you're using... Well, you know, when you crank the window down in a car, you're going to get blank, blank <laughs> stairs. <laughs> and the bishop has got to be aware of all those trends. Right. And all those trends. And, yeah. be, and be contemporary and be able to make some reference to something that's going on. They might not be unaware that the Super Bowl is on or something like that. You know, uh, I was just listening. Tickets to the Super Bowl are sometimes between five and $7,000 a seat. Isn't that amazing? I, you know, I'm sitting there going... I'm not the biggest sports fan in the world, but there's another reason why. <laughs> well, you know, and it's been such a change. When I look at, you know, what the schedule looked like 10 years ago, all of the things that he was involved in, how things worked, and then the pandemic just changed everybody's world. And the church is a different church now. And then we also look at, you know, the what the needs are of our young people and how do we get them to stay with their faith? You know, there's, you see that drop off when they get confirmed and then all of a sudden, you know, they disappear for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And how do we get them back? You know, you see some come back when they want to get married or their first child. But, you know, it's a different church. And so really being able to change with the changes and dynamics of our world and then dealing with the constant stress of not having enough clergy available. We've got a lot of parishes. I just saw today where the Diocese of Seattle announced a big pastoral plan for 
their location. And so we're seeing so many locations where churches are having to be closed. And, you know, that's a lot of stress for a bishop to look at. How do I keep everything going, keep everybody happy, maintain that history, stay with the changes of the times? And if the this diocese or any diocese for that matter, uh, kind of backs off and doesn't give everything that they want to, the secular world will fill in that space real fast. Real fast. I, you know, me, I mean, my joke is I was baptized Presbyterian, raised as a Methodist, and now I'm here working with the Catholic Church. You know, and, but the thing is, when I was in the youth groups from fifth grade through high school, boy, I'll tell you, that kept me out of more trouble and exposed me to more good people and good concepts. And so the idea that, uh, well, you know, uh, my kid's in the sixth grade right now. We're not going to worry too much about it. He'll figure out what he wants to do when he's 18. No, he won't. Um, they need to be exposed to, to religious thinking and living. Well, that's why this whole National Eucharistic Pilgrimage is so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these, this youth rally is just a huge opportunity for, like I said before, anybody at any level to come participate. If you want to come for the entire day, we start with the procession, cross the, cast, the Cameron Street Bridge down to the La Crosse Center. We'll have mass. Bishop Barron is going to be our homilist for that mass. And then the full day of speakers. So you can come here one speaker. You can come here multiple speakers. You can come start the profess procession and then the day you know really whatever time you have available and we've made it really inexpensive yeah. for people to be able to attend that and so it's just a great opportunity to and there will be some take advantage of uh, some vendors there with things like books and things that basic information that you know, you might want to get a book of daily prayers or something like that. I hear Taylor Swift is coming. Uh, right. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> all, all the theater would be full. <laughs> all of a sudden, a bunch of people drop their coffee cups. No, no. Sorry, it's, she's busy. Yeah, no, it, Travis it, had her invited to something already. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not that Taylor Swift. It's the other one. The one that owns the hardware store down the street. But she's a really great Catholic. <laughs> Correct. No, she's not coming. Now, you see. Well, we've got some rock stars of our own coming <laughs> that right, day. I mean, right. really, the speakers we have, I yeah, can't yeah. say how I'm excited I, I am that we were able to bring that caliber of speakers to lacrosse, to the diocese, and be able to put an event like yeah. this together. And there will be music. There will be music. Yeah, there yep. will be music as well. It's very interesting because there's a, there has been a, an undercurrent of. Um, well, I guess the Christian rock, Christian folk, Christian country. And uh, there's a lot of very good music that is not getting onto the commercial charts, but is really quite good. Well, we have Luke, and I can never say his last name correct, so I'll probably not say it correct here, Sephora, Sephora, coming out of the Twin Cities. And he is a young Christian artist with the band, and he's fabulous. And he's going to play it multiple times during the day, and then middle of the day put a little concert together for us. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah, there's something for everybody that day, and it's pretty exciting. Again, let's recap the dates, because people are hearing this. They're in their car, or they're half listening, and they're going, oh, is this next week? No, 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 not yet. Nope. We're, the we're, we're procession from... arrives on Friday, June 7th. We are actually... Um, meeting at the Cameron Street Bridge, or you can come straight to the Civic Center. You do have to buy your tickets ahead of time. 
and then the procession will come across the bridge. We loop around down under the bridge, down Front Street, and then we'll come in at the backside um, of Front Street at the Lacrosse Center. And then at, um, I believe the mass starts at 11 o'clock and following mass, then the speakers will start. There'll be breaks for going to see the vendors. We're gonna have an adoration room, opportunities for confession for those that are looking for those type of things. Maybe they aren't going to their parish right now and they wanna have an opportunity that day and they decide that they wanna go to the adoration room or they want to uh, go to confession. There will be those opportunities and you can take advantage of them or you don't have to take advantage of them. Like I said, it's a full day. It goes till, I believe that we were ending at 7.30 in the evening. There is a website. If you go to the Diocese of La Crosse, type in The Answer or type in Pilgrimage, you'll be able to get all kinds of information about the day and you can also purchase your tickets. The tickets all need to be purchased ahead of time. There won't be any for sale at the door. But yeah, it's, it's just a fabulous opportunity. And then there is also the website that it maps out the routes for the rest of the procession. It will tell you each day where the events are at, what time the processions are going to take place. There's 14 pilgrims that travel the entire route. Hmm. And then people can join in any parts of those processions or any of the activities that are being planned. And there's a spot on the website for each day that will tell you what the route is gonna be for the procession, what the events are gonna be, where they're at, and what time. I may have to try to um, catch up with one of the 14 with my recorder, but I will take the pause button off. Uh, <laughs> it's good. But also, you know, I was thinking that you, one opportunity to uh, share some time with your neighbors, uh, whether you know them well or not, is that you may want to carpool. Correct. Because parking is pretty good, but frankly, it's going to be busy. Well, and we've found, check with your parish or your deanery, because if you're coming from a different part of the diocese, there are a lot of the deaneries and the parishes that are already have it lined up that they're renting buses and bringing full groups down. Yeah. So yeah. check that out. There could be somebody close by that you could hop on a bus and not have to even worry about driving down and back. Sounds good to me. You know, we, we're going to be balancing out these discussions. We're, we've got a number of discussions scheduled um, because this is such a big thing. Correct. And we always follow the radio thing that not everybody listens the first time. We're not going to repeat them. Uh, we may take a couple of bits and pieces of the bishop and save them for later on too. But generally speaking, it'll all be fresh stuff. But the idea is that we're going to balance out the event itself, you know, who's coming, what's coming, where it's coming, how it's coming, you know, with background on the, the I guess, the theology of the Eucharist. Correct. Chris Carstens is going to be on. And so that people understand that, that what is the motivating force behind why we think this is important. Well, we tried to select people that to um, come meet with you and talk to the people that can explain some things about why we chose the different locations or the different people. You know, I know you had um, Father Guanella just recently yeah. talking about Blessed Brother James Miller, and I had great feedback about that program. And, you know, why he's important to the diocese. And we are having a special uh, prayer service at his gravesite. I can't, I think that's on Monday yeah. of that week. I just, pick, I just picked up one of these little 
holy cards. This was a remarkable story. And by the way, I should mention to you that previous shows are archived at the Diocese of La Crosse. So if you say, oh, I didn't hear that one with Father, you know, about the Brother James Miller and his cause and what happened to him, uh, you can simply go to diolc.org slash connecting and it will be up there. Uh, there's hundreds of them up there. Uh, the most, the newest ones are at the top. They're by date and there's a little description of them. And you can either click on it just to listen to it or you can click on it to download it. You can put it into your, uh, your phone or whatever you've got and listen to it whenever you want to. Uh, and this is free. We don't ask you to give us any money for it or we don't ask you for your email address or anything like that. You just go get it. And you're welcome to share it with somebody else. Say, hey, this is a story I heard. You're not going to believe this. Well, the other thing that's important to note is if you go to the website for the Diocese of La Crosse for the um, pilgrimage, we have spots on the website where you can click to leave a special prayer intention. So whether your intercession is through Blessed Brother James Miller or it's through Father Walieski, I know on uh, the day that we're going to be at Marshfield at the St. John Paul II Adoration Chapel at 3 a.m. in the morning, there is going to be a special adoration time for special intentions. Mm. Um, and so we'll be praying to uh, Father Walieski that day to intercede for his healing and his guidance. And so, you know, even it's as simple as go on the computer and leave a special prayer intention. And I mentioned when we talked about this before, uh, in other shows that these aren't just dropped into a box and forgotten. No, those will be specially prayed for at that 3 a.m. time at that Adoration Chapel in Marshfield that week. But in any other time, I mean, even right now, you can go to the website and, and they, these ones are, are distributed to various priests, religious, all in our diocese. Well, and the important thing is the Brother James Miller intentions at that gravesite that day um, we are not only having some of his siblings come, which is just amazing when you stop to think about, you know, we get to see his and talk to his siblings, but we are also having some of the Christian brothers because, you know, Blessed Brother James Miller was a Christian brother. And so I think there's four or five of the Christian brothers that are also joining us that day. And so, again, we'll, we'll take the special intentions to Brother James Miller and pray for them at his grave that day. Yeah. And you just never know when that prayer is going to be answered. It's the hope. I mean, yeah. when I used to travel with the Padre Pio relics, it was just an absolutely amazing experience. And it's just that gift of hope. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And we try to reach people. We, again, I don't want to repeat my discussion with the bishop from, from last time. But we are trying to get people to, well, as I say, they say that uh, seeing is believing, but also believing is seeing. And we're trying to get people to, to just take a moment and think about what their relation is with God, and then, over time, expand it from there. Correct. It's as simple as that. You know, all of us have interesting stories. Uh, and as again, I mentioned again with the bishop, if you have something special happen to you that you think is of God, Catholic Church says that's fine. What you don't do is you don't promulgate it. Like if I had some experience that was re remarkable, I don't form the Church of Jack. Correct. Yeah, because uh, that was for you. Uh, and and if we'd have, we would have total bedlam going on. Uh, 
you know, to use a very trite comparison, you can go to any McDonald's in the world and the coffee tastes exactly the same. That didn't happen by accident. That took a lot of work to convince the people that in this state we don't want it stronger and over here we want it weaker. In this state we don't want a little more dark roast. We want the same thing. It has to be that way with an organized religion or else it's a disorganized religion. And everybody has their own idea of the way they think it should be. You know, we talked before about, you know, the loneliness and the people and the need for them with the connection in the church. And, you know, I can't say enough about the power of prayer. You know, it's, it's that belief that gets you through the challenging times and the gratitude for the gifts that and graces that you do receive. So it, that pra- the power of prayer is just so important. And that's important for every single person, no matter what your level of belief is or your level of your faith is at this point in your life. And as, as we have many times, the bishop has said, and other priests as well, just being thankful, thanking God for what you've got. It isn't that hard to do. Well, you know, they say the gift of gratitude, the results back is the joyfulness that it brings to you in your life. I think I I'd probably never told this to you, um, but I'm trying. I've told it to the bishop several times, and I always get a chuckle out of him. There's a guy that I, I read some stuff from in a, in a photography group, and he, you know, at the bottom where he signs his name, he's got a little something that he always puts in. He always puts in. I wake up in the morning and I'm feeling good because I stretch out my arms and I don't hit wood. <laughs> and, That's true. And Bishop, one of my favorite bishop ones is, why do you blow out a birthday candle? Because you can. You're alive. You have breath, he says. Blow out the candle. You know, there's a joyfulness to those things. Well, you know, I have to laugh because people often say, hi, how you doing? And my response is always living the dream. And people stop and they look at you and like, are you serious? No, it's true. I am so fortunate for the gifts that I've received in my life. And, you know, when you come to work and some days you just go, oh, why does it have to be so difficult? (laughs) But at the end of the day, I love what I do. Yeah, and I would say that a bunch of people in this building would voice similar things. Uh, I have spent uh, quite a number of decades in commercial radio. I was a disc jockey. I was a talk show host. I was a news morning host. I was a a, a syndicated talk computer show during the dot com. All this stuff. I have never had as much fun as these past uh, 10 years meeting interesting people. And frankly, you know, it was great playing the hits, but how many times can you play Sheena Easton, My Baby uh, Takes the Morning <laughs> Train? You know, it gets old. It right. gets, I'm, I'm not one of these, I live for the music types, you know. But boy, I'll tell you, this is much more fun. And I would be, you, you could put a gun to my head and I could not do one of these crazy political, get them all fired up talk shows. You know, t- we, we used to have a guy in, in a station I used to work at in Texas had a show called The Call of the Wild, as opposed to The Call of the Wild. And he was just getting people to call up and complain about stuff. No. <laughs> you know, I, I spent an hour talking to the folks at Catholic Charities about all the stuff that goes on there, and I feel good for the rest of the week. There's so much good stuff that is going on. And you can participate in this. Uh, it starts with just going to a, a Lenten soup supper. 
or go into a group or go into mass, even if you're not Catholic. Well, plan ahead. Come to one of these events. I mean, we would love to see this, the lacrosse center full that day. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to be Catholic to be able to come to this. You don't have to come the entire day. You can come to any part of it. The uh, tickets right now are only $15. They're going to go up to $20. I think that's March 1st. But where else can you go and hear this type of speaker and music for $20 today? Pizza and a latte will cover that. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's just such a wonderful opportunity. And so I really hope that people take advantage of what is being planned and join us that mm -hmm. day for some part of it. Yeah. We would love to, like I said, fill the Civic Center up and, you know, listen to the inspiration that you'll receive from hearing some of these people talk. Debbie, do you know if any parts of this will be eventually uh, edited or whatever and put up on YouTube or anything like that, or are there copyright things we have to worry about? They're actually, the National Eucharistic Group is actually sending some different photographers on the routes, and so they will, of course, be documenting everything. We also, like you said before, we've got some photography things in place, and so we will be doing some follow-up things after the events to put some things up so that people can see. Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff you have to be worried about. I remember one time uh, there was an event in La Crosse with uh, choral groups from, from all over coming to, it wasn't really a competition, but it was kind of a show-off thing. And, uh, oh, we wanted to, to videotape this and put it up on YouTube. And then we discovered that the, the copyright that they got, the schools that got, covered performing it live. It did not cover recording it and putting it up on YouTube, and it most certainly did not cover recording it and selling like a DVD of it. Sure. And the average person out there doesn't know these things. Right. Uh, you know, we, I should say not me, because I'm not involved in it, but our communications people, and I will credit Zach, our, our computer whiz guy, have done an incredible job of greatly improving the quality of all of the video things that you do see. Sure. Masses, special events, ordinations. Uh, they are really good. And I'll tell you again, they don't spend a million dollars on the equipment. Well, and they're very, very respectful. That was the one thing when we were planning, how are we going to record these events to be very respectful of the people? You know, for me, I want this to be, for people to be able to have this journey with Jesus, come walk with us. And I don't want them to feel like, well, they're taking a picture of me. Where are they going to use that? Yeah. Now, I've been pretty adamant about that from the very beginning. This is a time to allow our people to just be there, yeah. be in the moment. Now, that gives me a very good idea for a show. And I'll have to t talk to you about it. Uh, wedding etiquette. Oh, sure. Wait. No, I don't know anything about that. No, no, but, but you might know some priest who would have something to say about it. We, we have had those on in the past. It's been a long time. But ever since then, you know, the iPhones have come out and you know, people leaping over, you know. Well, all. I've had two nieces get married the mm. last two summers, and they had someone go right up front in the beginning and say, put your phones away. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good, good change of things. That's really good. It's remarkable that this is going on, and it's, it, I know people are going, but you know, it's not even starting until you know, later on. It's coming quick. Well, it, like I said, it starts at the beginning of May yeah, yeah, in yeah. Minnesota and, and travels down, and it goes until uh, they end July 16th in, 
Indianapolis. So it's, it's a rather lengthy procession. Like there's four across the United States. Our procession happens to be the shortest of the four routes just because they're, you know, following the Mississippi down, don't have the quite as far to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, every day it's full of interesting events and opportunities for inspiration and hope. Yeah, I think we're going to have some fun with this. This is good. That's the other thing is that I will say this before we conclude here. Despite the fact that the staff and everyone are very serious about their religious beliefs, they also have a sense of humor. Yeah, and that, that is so important. There's a lot of laughter among our priests, among our people here, among our religious, uh, you know, our, our Franciscan sisters of perpetual adoration, they laugh a lot. Right. A lot. They do. But... So keep in mind that if, you're, if you are thinking about experimenting with kind of getting closer to what the Catholic Church is about, you don't have to put a permanent frown on. And you don't have to hang up your sense of humor. Right. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff going on. Your kids can still have fun. Your kids can still be involved in all kinds of things. The brains and bronze thing, which just went on, where it was hysterical. It was fun. All the kids are having a great time. They came from all over the place for the diocese for this event that happens, you know, once a year or so. Well, Chris Rogers from our um, youth, he's director of our youth ministry. Chris and I have talked about this multiple times when we started planning this. And that was the one thing that we said multiple times. We want this to be a welcoming event to everyone. It really doesn't matter where you're at on your faith journey. We want you to feel you're welcome to attend. Exactly. Debbie Brennan, the executive assistant to the bishop, chief cook and bottle washer, and uh, the one who has the keys to the bishop's schedule, and you can't have them, uh, <laughs> uh, has been our guest this hour. And uh, again, you can sense the excitement going on, and, this is, and it's going to keep building. Uh, we're going to keep talking about this till. People are going to keep marking their calendars, so that pretty soon you're going to want to start doing that. Uh, think ahead about this. Plan your plan your days. But uh, it's a, it's a remarkable event. It's a lot of work to be done. Uh, I'm curious to see how things progress. I'm sure they'll be wonderful. I don't know where I'm going to be. Whether I'm going to be standing on the bridge with a tape with a recorder or or a camera or both. Um, but I, I, it's just going to be wild. It's a wild, wild thing. So, Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you, Jack. I really appreciate the opportunity because there's so much involved and so many people that really don't even know a lot of the details. And so we're trying to get the information out there the best that we can. The time's moving right along. And we started working on this last June and July already. So I'm amazed when I stop to think, oh, my gosh, we're in February. Here we go. (laughs) And as I tell all the other guests, if something suddenly comes up that you would like to get just mentioned on the air, if you get hold of me by any Tuesday, I'll have it on the air that weekend because we, we have those opportunities. So don't, don't hesitate to contact me. Thank you. Thank you. We've been talking a lot during this particular show about this major event that the Diocese of La Crosse is involved in, and also the fact that we are in Lent. A good time for introspection, a good time not just to give up something, but maybe to start something different. I will not tell you what I have given up for Lent, but believe me, it is something that for me is, well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to watch movies for 40 days. 
Now, this may not sound like any big deal to you, but you have to understand that in my elementary school days up through fifth grade, I was less than half a block from a movie theater. And every Saturday morning, I would go to the matinees where you could watch all these science fiction movies and all these things for practically nothing. And I think my parents encouraged me to get out of the house on Saturday mornings because my dad may have had the day off finally, and it was time for them to discuss financial issues and all kinds of things that were going on in their life and their marriage. Later on, when I was in the Army, I certainly wasn't getting shot at, which I'm very grateful for, but I was in a rather high-stress job at the Pentagon, working different shifts, of course, so sometimes midnight to 8 in the morning, other times 4 to midnight, and every once in a while, regular normal hours. But there was the post-theater, where you could go watch a movie for a quarter, and once again, that was a big stress reliever. And so since early childhood, movies for me have been a way to escape for just a few hours, putting the troubles of the world behind, putting family family troubles behind, putting whatever was going on just out of the picture while you watch the picture. And like many things you give up for Lent, there's a purpose. I'm going to fill all these hours normally spent watching movies with reading, with writing, I've got some books I'm working on, doing photography, and expanding my cooking techniques. Perhaps at the end of the 40 days, I'll look back and say, you know, I really don't need to spend all that time watching movies. There's not that many good ones out there anyway. I think I'll keep writing and taking pictures and cooking something different. That's one of the purposes why we give up things for Lent. Jack Sosha with you on the final minutes of Connecting the Diocese for this week. I do appreciate your listening. Just reading that some of our Catholic schools in our Diocese of La Crosse and elsewhere are beefing up their mental health services for the students. The National Center for Education Statistics reported that in the U.S., 80% of schools experienced a negative outpouring of a variety of issues in the aftermath of the pandemic. And not long ago, I happened to bump into one of my former students from one of my non-credit eBay or camera classes, and she was talking about how her kids, who are now high school age, are experiencing difficulties after being locked down for two years. I realize it's difficult for some of us to even put ourselves in the headspace of what it would be like to be a high school or grade school kid locked away from your friends for two years. I didn't seem as bothered by it because, number one, I was an only child, and number two, radio people, believe it or not, tend to be a little introverted in their off-air lives. But it is a fact that unaddressed youth mental health disorders corrode academic and behavioral attitudes. They cause problems, things like the inability to concentrate, memory issues, self-control, poor decision-making, and lack of problem-solving skills. So it's real important to kind of keep an eye on your kids or grandkids or in-laws or whatever the case may be. Talk to them. And if you do see signs of problems, it's not their fault. And they are not alone. Uh, You can talk to your local parish priest. You can talk to your school counselors. Uh, Again, this is not something they should be ashamed of. They have been through a certain kind of ringer that most of us in our lives have never really experienced when we were kids. And it certainly does not help these kids' mental state that they turn on the news and the next thing they hear, you can't even have a Super Bowl celebration parade without somebody getting out a gun and injuring kids and killing people. In their eyes, it looks like the world has gone completely mad and it's very hard to convince them otherwise because they don't have the full vision that adults have where you can also see the good things that are going on. It's another good reason to get them into church and church activities so they see good things happening all around them. So thanks to all you parents and grandparents and in-laws and friends who are keeping up the good fight. 
to deal with these kids and their problems and, and understand them and love them and tell them that things are going to be okay and that you're not going to ever leave them or abandon them. Whenever they need to talk, you're there for them. Keep it up. I'll talk to you next week right here on Connecting the Diocese. And don't forget, at any time, you can drop us a note with a question or a comment or suggestion. Just address it to connecting at diolc.org. See you next week.